Podcasters Assemble! Hey everyone, it's Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. This is Travis Bowe from Watchmen Minute. This is Troy, a.k.a. Troidle Power, from the Power Playthroughs podcast. Hi, I'm Becky, Troy's wife. This is Arjuna Gonzalez from Thoughts from the Level Editor. This is Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And this is... The Incredible Hulk. 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 I think what they eventually did with the Hulk in later films was far better. And the big question is, did you need this film in order to get to those places? Do we need to be introduced to the Hulk yet again and his backstory yet again? Or could it have been treated more like Spider-Man where we don't need another Spider-Man origin film because we've seen enough of it already? So my Stan Lee moment for this movie was um, there was a big setup for this one. Um, Bruce was, um, he, he cut himself at work and blood dripped down onto the soda bottles and he stopped the production and ran down there and wiped up the blood and was like, okay, we're good. And then you see that a drop of blood got into one of the bottles and it gets packaged up, shipped out. And then um, later on, you're, you hear um, or see a news scene where um, they're talking about gamma sickness has been reported, and then it shows Stanley drinking the soda. He says, wow, and then he starts choking, and he drops the bottle and crashes to the ground. So he was poisoned by gamma. Yeah. I think the opening action scene in this movie is is one of the best. Uh, you get you get a lot of different elements at play here at once. So first, there's kind of a chase scene across the tops of the buildings, which has a lot of like cool parkour stuff, and it's it's just a really fast paced chase scene. My favorite action scene is probably the one closer to the beginning of the movie where they're chasing Banner through the favelas in Brazil, mainly because it reminded me of Mirror's Edge, that parkour slash stealth game that came out about a year after this movie. Uh, and I'm a big fan of that game. I played a good amount of it. And it, it, the, the whole chase scene and like this dense urban environment, it reminded me a lot of that. Then you run into like a comedy scene where uh, Bruce runs into the guys from the factory who were giving him a hard time earlier. I believe he's in Brazil and Bruce is uh, trying to speak Portuguese to those like jerk guys from the factory that he worked at. And but like he's trying to tell them like you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, but he just keeps saying the wrong thing in Portuguese, which is like hilarious and he goes he says this in portuguese which he doesn't speak very well and he goes 
don't make me hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. And that <laughs> makes me giggle because I get hangry a lot. And I thought it was really funny to imagine the Hulk. Every time he turns into the Hulk, it's because he's really hungry. <laughs> but I really like it's really funny because he's trying to learn to speak the language. But like he's trying to keep telling them, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And they're just like, wait, what? Because <laughs> he keeps saying like the wrong thing. Uh, but you, you get some comedy in there and then it turns into a really intense like horror movie for a little bit once, once Banner actually hulks out. They make it a very big point in this movie to show him looking at his like little Fitbit on his watch about like his heart rate. If his heart rate gets to 200, he turns into Hulk. Um, he's like, no, something really bad is going to happen. And then he runs off and he comes out of the dark, um, comes out of, of like the shadows as the Hulk and just like wrecks them. And it's hilarious because the guy was like making fun of him and then he like just, just destroys everyone and smashes everything. And I think that's one of the things that the Marvel movies do really well is they kind of have this mix of like fun action and tense action and comedy. And I feel like the opening action scene in this movie really does a nice job of encapsulating all of that. You get a lot of banner in this movie. And I think one of the, the scenes that's most interesting with that is after uh, the initial um, kind of big action scene where, where he ends up running away um, from the, the factory that he worked at uh, in South America, uh, Bruce Banner wakes up, um, you know, basically nearly naked. I guess he's got pants that are in tatters in Guatemala. And he's like, miles and miles from where he has been living he has no friends no resources and there's just like this really like sweet sad montage of him trying to figure out how to get his way home um him you know begging um for for rides for money um just trying to find clothes uh and and all the way through you of course get the the sad hulk music from the old tv show but yeah i just i really like this because it's it's this nice moment where you see like how hard it is on Banner to be afflicted with the Hulk because when when he hulks out it like it literally upends his whole his whole world he like he's starting over nearly from scratch after that happens it's really sad um like i love her reaction when she sees him in the italian restaurant after he's been gone for so long it's, it's like this really just, she just immediately gets up out of her seat when she thinks she sees him and follow, like goes out into the alleyway where he's hiding. And then I love her reaction, uh, or like when she follows him and they hug in the rain on the bridge. It's so like, it's just so romantic. And I'm such a sucker for like romantic stuff. I think one of my favorite moments with Emil Blonsky uh, in The Incredible Hulk um, is when he, at the very beginning, is talking to uh, General Ross about having 
you know, tried to apprehend the Hulk. Um, well, I guess he was trying to apprehend Banner, and he's explaining that, like, this thing showed up, this this insanely powerful thing. It tossed a forklift after me. He's speaking, like, with awe about the Hulk and, and saying, you know, if, if Banner's in league with that thing, and, and Ross says, you know, that, that, that was Banner. It was Banner. And Blonsky looks at him and goes, you have to explain that statement, sir. And Ross goes, no, I don't. And tells him to pack up his stuff. They're going home. Uh, but I really like this because it, it's kind of a cool encapsulation of two different villains in this movie, both Ross and, and Blonsky. Like, Ross obviously asserting his, like, military hierarchy, saying, I don't have to explain anything to you. But also, uh, Blonsky is just, like, completely in awe of the Hulk. And this, this very much sets up where he ends up going later in the movie. I think my favorite villain moment is the conversation between uh, Thunderbolt Ross and Emil Blonsky as they talk about what they're going to do to him in creating this uh, super soldier, you know, that is a, it's kind of a callback to some of the Captain America stuff that we haven't even seen yet, but it's, uh, almost like a foreshadowing Ross is willing to do anything as long as it gives him a weapon against the Hulk. It's always been a really funny moment when, when general Ross asks Blonsky, you know, how old are you? Blonsky 45 and Blonsky says 39. And just that idea that, you know, you look terrible because you you've run your body ragged over the years and and put your put your body through so much. Um, I just love that uh, that idea, and of course that leads into the uh, Blonsky talking about how you know you take take what I know and what I can do and put that in a younger body, and that would be something really impressive. And uh, I like that that Ross kind of has an answer for that. You know, he's, uh, he's able to kind of give him what he, what he's asking for there. My favorite line is one from the deleted scene. So maybe those of you who saw the movie in the theaters have no memory of this because you didn't see it. Uh, I'm not going to read it exactly just for space concerns, but it's in the lead up to the fight on the Culver College campus where Bruce is talking to Betty and he says, Nature takes a long time to build us the way that we are. Delicate, wonderfully complex systems refined over billions and billions of years. And nobody understood that better than you and me. And so we did what? We came in with our huge brains and we monkey around with things. We think we're going to improve it overnight? And then we act surprised when it blows up in our face in some way we didn't expect. I like that line a lot because it has some very nice parallels with the kind of Doom slash Quake slash Lovecraftian stuff that I've been into a lot lately. My favorite action scene was the fight between the Hulk and the military at the university. So he hulks out and just goes on a rampage and it is a great action scene so this scene does kind of make you see that as the hulk uh 
like when Bruce transforms into the Hulk, like he's still able to think. So he's not just some mindless giant Hulk monster thing. One of the weapons is even a Stark Industries like sonic gun that they're just pelting Hulk with uh, this this sonic cannon. Like he's able to use tools to help himself gain an advantage. You know, like this the part where they're shooting that really loud sound beam to try to disable him and he uses the different pieces of I think it's like the truck or whatever to kind of block the sound beam coming at him and then he throws it and destroys both of them on either side which is pretty great so it really shows that the Hulk uh, is able to think on his feet and do more than just you know smash smash break everything which is pretty cool and he's able to use his environment and use the uh the machinery that you know that he's torn apart he's able to use all that as uh, weapons Emil Blonsky, uh, Tim Roth's character, walked up to the Hulk and was trying to be all like macho or whatever and said, is that the best you got? And then the Hulk kicked him into a tree. I mean, I don't know if that counts as a villain moment, but I do love that scene. So he takes those out, uh, just pushing through that uh, the pain or that uh, force that he's fighting against. The Hulk himself is not really a hero so much in this movie uh, banner doesn't really seem to have any control the hulk is just kind of a force in this movie so he doesn't really do many heroic things during that big fight scene betty runs out there to try to i'm not really sure what she was trying to do like protect him or get between her father and the hulk and then towards the end of it he sees Betty in danger and is able to push through the weapons that, uh, that Ross has at his disposal. But basically he orders an airstrike and all of these explosions start happening, but he's trying to call it off like the dad is the general, but it's just not happening. And then, you know, they've got this gunship that, that flies in and he protects her from that. Uh, and the Hulk basically like covers her and saves her and then takes Betty away. And then uh, it continues sort of, you know, we, we catch back up with Hulk and Betty and they're in this cave and Hulk is afraid of thunder and lightning and it's a really beautiful scene between Betty and Hulk as she's trying to kind of calm him down and explain to him that, you know, it's just the rain, you know, it's just lightning and thunder. And I mean, you can also see it like whenever the Hulk looks at Betty, which is pretty awesome. Like he recognizes her. Um, there's a few moments where... He sort of starts to calm down, and then lightning strikes again, and he just chucks a huge, you know, boulder at the sky, and um, that's, I think, just that moment between those those two somehow becomes my favorite hero moment, um, where she's trying to calm him down, and he's trying to protect her from the lightning. 
you know, this thing that the, this force of nature that even he can't stop, you know, nevertheless, it, it, it frightens him. And uh, I've always just really loved that moment. I love when she cuts his hair in the motel and then they kiss for the first time in a long time. And I love when he uh, gives her the flash drive and she's like, you ate it. And he goes, I didn't really have many options at the moment, which is really funny. Uh, Let's see. I also really like when Bruce and Betty are together at the motel and they're getting a little intimate on the bed and like his heart rate keeps going higher and higher and he ends up like stopping like what's going on. And he's like, she's like, what's wrong? And he goes, I can't get too excited. He can't have sex with his girlfriend. And she just starts laughing, and so does he. It's really funny. I really like that scene a lot. But I also just really like Betty and Bruce together a lot. It's like, they're so cute together. At one point, Betty and Bruce are trying to make their way to a particular place in New York City, and they uh, decide to take a taxi cab rather than taking the subway um, because they're worried about uh, putting Bruce in a metal tube underground full of people in one of the angriest cities in the world. So they take a cab instead, which of course goes terribly because the cabbie drives like a maniac and uh, they end up hopping out of the cab and Betty yells at him, asshole. Bruce turns to her and says, you know, I know a few techniques that could help you manage that anger effectively. And she goes, you zip it, we're walking. And I like this line a lot. It's, it's funny, it is funny, it's a funny line. But I also like that she's like, no, shut up. You don't get to tell me how to manage my anger because yeah, shut up, Bruce. Blonsky comes back when they like they thought he was dead and he basically broke like almost every bone in his body but somehow the serum that he was given like he's able to basically (laughs) mend all of his bones fairly quickly and he comes back which is like that is pretty awesome that's a pretty awesome villain moment for Blonsky And of course, that ultimately leads to Blonsky craving more power and wanting to be turned into a monster because he's not, he's still not a match for the Hulk. He needs to be turned into something more savage and more powerful. And then ultimately, that leads to him teaming up with. Uh, you know, Samuel Stearns and getting altered even more and becoming the abomination. So I think just uh, Ross starting down that path with Blonsky to turn turn Blonsky into a, you know, a, a weapon. My favorite villain scene is probably the one where Blonsky turns into, I think he's called Abomination in the comics. I don't think he's ever called that in the movie. Mostly because he's not that compelling a villain up until then. He's just kind of this, I'm a soldier and I want to kick more ass. And that's all there is to him. He doesn't really seem to have a whole lot more depth before then. 
But then at least he's an interesting CG character after that, you know? I mean, I don't really like when he becomes the abomination thing because it's, I don't know, a little ridiculous. And that's part of what makes this movie probably not all that great. Bruce Banner is about to fall out of the helicopter without a chute, and he thinks he's gonna transform into the Hulk on the way down so the fall doesn't kill him. It's that point in the scene where he's completely fallen down and there's this big hole in the ground, and that big Hulk hand just pops up out of the ground like that, and then he gets up and he's walking around on the street with all the cars and flames and everything, and it's like, Okay, green guy comes out of the ground and there's a bunch of cars on fire and it looks all post-apocalyptic. This is the best zombie movie! F*** yeah! We can say f*** right? Well, you can bleed me. Anyway. You are dealing with a character fighting a different version of themselves, in this case, the Abomination, while they destroy all of Harlem. They're on like a rooftop, I think, um, and and they're just tearing the hell out of each other. Um, it gives us a chance to see Hulk's like, thunderclap. You know, we finally get to see that on screen as he's uh, trying to put out the fire around the helicopter and ultimately trying to save you know Betty and the other people in the helicopter. Um, there's an awesome. You know, just the, the Hulk smash that you get from Hulk. When Hulk is fighting Abomination on top of a building and they're just going at it and the Abomination stops and he goes, any last words? And there's a pause. And then, and, and prior to this, Hulk has not spoken as the Hulk and he goes, Hulk, smash! And it was like the best thing ever. And I literally cheered when that happened. <laughs> and I also love that it goes to the point where Hulk begins to seem like a villain almost. Um, he, he's, he's almost going over the line as he's destroying abomination and betty yells at him to stop and the look on hulk's face it, it's almost like he's ready to tear betty in half because she he's almost just too savage in that moment and he, he almost can't be reasoned with the way that she's been able to kind of uh, calm him down uh, previously. Marvel has had an issue with um, getting rid of their villains. Uh, a lot of the times in the end of a Marvel movie, your villain is, is, you know, dead. And that makes it a little hard for them to reoccur the way that the heroes get to. Uh, that's not the case with The Incredible Hulk. There are two Hulk villains that are left as like um, potential returns in this movie. At the very end, uh, the Abomination, Blonsky, is not dead. In fact, that's like a big moment for Hulk is that he he doesn't kill the Abomination. He you know shows shows him mercy and and leaves him alive, presumably in the hands of Ross and the army. 
it would be really cool to see that picked up on again, uh, especially since Ross returns and is giving the Avengers a hard time about like responsibility and stuff. Hey, what'd you do with that big like evil Hulk creature there, Ross? Because that'd be interesting to find out. Uh, but then also this movie teases the leader, uh, which is like a Hulk villain. I think I've seen books where he's not so much a villain, but I think he's typically a villain. But he's basically like uh, a creature that is Hulk-like. I don't think he's as strong as the Hulk, but he's also super smart. And in this, it's because uh, like some some banner blood spills into a guy's like a I think it spills just onto his head or maybe into a cut in his head and his head starts like swelling up really big and it's like oh man he's gonna be the leader so this movie like has these two Hulk villains that would be super cool to see them come back again and I, I don't think we ever will see them again um I, I think that for for licensing character licensing issues unfortunately they won't ever return which is sad I'd, I'd like to see some Hulk villains show up in the Marvel movies I think that'd be cool Now, I haven't seen this movie in in years. Like, I don't remember watching it. And I don't remember this part of it, mostly because it doesn't continue in the other movies. And this is, why is Hulk controlled by his heart rate and not him being angry? And why is it not continued into the other movies? The Incredible Hulk is one of those movies that I really did enjoy. Um, I really liked Edward Norton as Banner. I I do kind of wish we would have been able to see what he would have been like with the, the rest of the Avengers cast. Um, I know that it, it probably seemed like he wasn't going to be able to play well with others maybe. And that's why, you know, that, that whole relationship with Marvel kind of fell apart. Um, so maybe it's best that that he didn't continue with the MCU. You know, maybe had he done Avengers and then ducked out, maybe that would have been worse. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I do like this one. It uh, it uh, it probably doesn't get as much play as it would have for me in you know. 2009 2010 it's sort of just become a a movie i watch if i'm doing a, a an mcu rewatch but i definitely think there's uh there's a lot to like with this one but i do enjoy the scenes with you know banner trying to find himself a cure um and then him being on the run is a lot of fun i think so yeah, this is this is a an enjoyable Hulk movie. It just has that weird, you know, quality about it that it just feels so separated from the MCU. Um, it's helped, I guess, by the fact that uh, General Ross kind of comes back into the MCU picture later on with uh, Civil War. But I would like to see. Uh, more connections made with this movie. But we will see what happens, I guess, after Endgame. 
So I feel like the whole Betty thing just sort of never happened as the MCU progressed. So I know that this movie kind of came out. I think it was like the second or the third movie or something where they hadn't really figured out what's going on with the MCU yet. And I feel like they just didn't mention anything else about Betty and Bruce never actually brings her up from what I understand in the rest of the films. Yeah, I think the only character that we see in the Avengers, which is the only later movie that I've seen, is the Hulk. So I'm kind of wondering, like, what happens to Betty? Like, it looks from the way that the movie ends that she's still in contact with Bruce. I'm, I'm, I wonder what happens. Um, also, Blonsky is still alive at the end of that final battle. So, or it sure looks like it. So... What happens to him? Do we see him in a later movie? I don't know. So I feel like not a lot of people like this movie, um, but I do. I mean, not a lot of people, like, it's not really the best of all the films, but it's also, I don't think it's the worst. Um, I think Ed Norton did a great job playing both Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Uh, I really love the chemistry between his uh, between Edward Norton and Liv Tyler, who played Betty. Um, and that's like the other thing that I really loved about this movie. I think that's probably why I like this movie the most is I really like all of the st all of the Betty and Bruce moments more than the rest of it. I like this movie. I think it's a decent film that. Uh is very it feels self-contained a lot like these other first marvel films and the best usually marvel films outside of the first avengers movie um okay maybe civil war all right maybe i don't mean that that much <laughs> um i don't know i just i really love it and i feel like this movie needs like a bit more credit than it's been given i mean it was a nice introduction introduction to the Hulk. It was definitely better than the other Hulk movie that came out with Eric Bana. Like, I love Eric Bana, but dang, that movie was bad. And, I mean, we had Ang Lee's Hulk, which I personally didn't like. I know there's people out there that love it because it's so unique. Uh, <laughs> it was a film I almost walked out of. I was not a fan of Ang Lee's Hulk because of what it was trying to do with the comic book format. But I feel like this movie was much better. I love... That we get a lot more insight into Bruce Banner and more into the Hulk. And it is a nice start to the direction that they ended up taking the Hulk and Bruce Banner. So I feel like this movie wasn't all that bad. I mean, I like it. So I don't know if this film was needed, but I certainly enjoyed it and absolutely would have come back for another Edward Norton Hulk film. That notion that they're tying it into the super soldier serum, that whole process, that whole uh, trying to create Captain America in World War II or, you know, trying to recreate the, that process that gave them Captain America. You know, just I like that idea that even here they were kind of touching on it. I think it was really smart to kind of 
that that little nod that that's sort of where where this uh serum or formula that they give blonsky comes from and then when you see him going up against the hulk and he's doing flips and jumps and you know actually for for a moment kind of standing his ground against the hulk and it's it, it for that brief moment, it kind of gives you an idea of, oh, this is this might be what it's going to be like when we get a Captain America movie. You know, because this is still 2008, and we don't, you know, we don't know the extent of what is to come. Podcasters Assembled Probably is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably podcast network. This episode edited and produced by me, Troidal Power. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to join the initiative and contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble Probably by looking us up on Twitter as at Casters Assemble. Submissions are always open. In my day, when the Sci-Fi Channel wasn't spelled with no stinking Y. Thank you to everyone who is able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for links to all the places you can find them online. Podcasters Assembled Probably will return in Iron Man 2. Hulk smash. <laughs>